Top, top tools. tools. Spring and summer. <laughs> top tools. Autumn and winter. <laughs> top tools. 2018. <laughs> Welcome to The Fluent Show, a podcast all about loving, living, and learning languages. I am Kirsten Cable from fluentlanguage.co.uk, and today my co host is back! Yay! Yay! <laughs> welcome to the show, Lindsay! Or welcome back! Sin Chow. <laughs> what is Sin Chow? I'm in Vietnam now. Mm -hmm. We've moved. You've moved. Last time I spoke to you, you were in Paraguay. Yeah, I miss it. I liked it there a lot. What was the best thing about it? The best thing about Paraguay? One thing. Ah, ah, I don't know. So much. I loved the weather. I loved uh, where we were staying. I loved the food. We had a park we could go running. We were near a mall with a good coffee shop. Ah. The people were amazing. I, yeah, it was it was good. It was good. And then we had a journey, which was hellish, to say the least. Um, the journey from Paraguay to? Paraguay to Singapore. Singapore. Via Brazil, Portugal and London and Kuala Lumpur. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. And our, our second flight from Brazil to Lisbon was cancelled. So we had to go into Brazil to spend a night in a hotel waiting to hear for updates for uh, another flight that they said oh yeah we'll put you on this flight no problem but they had only one telephone line and everyone was just stood on the phone for like an hour per customer and I said to the people in the hotel well uh, are they letting, giving us information any other way by fax or email they said they put us on a flight in two hours time and they said oh no it's just that phone line so we're like, okay <laughs> screw this we're going to the airport so we went back to the airport and stood in line at the office at the airport and, and got on a flight that night but still we'd missed our connection so we had to then buy another flight with um malaysian airlines who hadn't cancelled the flight initially but we missed our connection with them had to uh, buy another flight with them for the following day to oh goodness it was a nightmare It's a big strain on your budget all of a sudden to have to buy a flight sort of two two continents over. Just like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, I mean, hopefully, like there's some EU regulation about flight cancellations. And because it was with, a, 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 well, it was with um, TAP, Portuguese airline, mm -hmm. we were flying to the EU. So it should be okay. They mm -hmm. should have to give us compensation, which actually covers the flight that we got to, to Singapore. Nice. So we should be okay. Of course, it, they, they have like, you know, a month in which they can reply. So it's taken their sweet time to get back to us, which is fun. <laughs> you know, this is a, a quite an illustration, isn't it, of the sort of, I, I don't travel much these days, or not much, not as much compared, but I used to travel a lot as well. And there's sort of this glamorous view that we have of all the travel, but every now and then it's a complete pain. Oh. Yes. Ah, oh, well, I'm glad you've made it to East Asia and you've already, since we last spoke, tick, ticked off. I guess if there was a list or you visited another three countries, right? Because there was Myanmar. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. So we, Singapore, we went to Myanmar, back to Singapore for the weekend and now we're here in Vietnam. 
Oh, great, great. Well, I went to Wales and came back. (laughs) Yay! Wales! (laughs) It was really, really fun. And I wanted to give a shout out. Oh, before I do that, I wanted to ask... How's it been linguistically to go from, to go from the, the question that I was interested in is you have just come from this place, South America, where mm. the kind of working language, like your sort of fallback language is one where you're highly proficient, right? Spanish. So you, you're yeah. quite comfortable. And now you're in East Asia. Is it, is English enough? How, or are you missing Spanish? How, how does that feel? You know, it's really weird. Firstly, it had been so long where we'd been surrounded by Spanish that even for the three weeks in um, Myanmar, we're kind of, we kept saying to each other, like, I feel like people are speaking Spanish. You know, you'd hear people walk past your, your, your room in a hotel or just walk past you in the street and you're like, are they speaking Spanish? No. <laughs> you know, and then to add to the confusion, there's reggaeton every now and then playing from a speaker and you think, hang on a minute, what's reggaeton in Myanmar? Really? You know, oh. like Despacito, Despacito effect. We've talked about that on the podcast. Well, reggaeton before, right? is the international music of love. There we go. <laughs> well, it's happening everywhere. So, so this awesome. was very confusing. But then I think because it's weird, like in in Singapore, you know, English is kind of the the go to first language. You know, there's multiple languages, but English is the go to, and it feels almost rude as a native English speaker to speak English. So Singapore, I find really weird for that. Like, I feel like I'm being ignorant, mm-hmm. even though I'm not. I'm, I'm just doing what I should do and speaking the language I should be speaking. But then in Myanmar, it was fine because I knew enough and, and uh, you know, it was, it was okay. But here in Vietnam, it's the first place I've been all year where I've kind of arrived. I know nada. I know, like, you know, hello and thank you. I've learned chicken, beef and vegetable so that I can try and get the right food that doesn't have meat in it, which is a challenge in itself. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's tough. I am kind of missing Spanish. Um, but English is 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 proving, I guess, to be enough. As uh, people speak English a lot more than than you might expect, which is helpful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's it's a it's a well deserved break or rest in a way or well earned because you'd been working towards Guarani for so long and really had this experience of living somewhere and and you know for a little while and getting to speak so much Guarani and it's such a it's such a great feeling you know when you've been studying for a while and then you can actually use what you've been studying yeah and like I honestly just I, I was a little bit nervous before we arrived in Paraguay that it had been built up for me, in me in particular, more so perhaps than Ashley, mm-hmm. that it had been built up for me as this place of like, well, I should love this place because I've been learning this language and I've been learning about the place and, mm-hmm. you know, the history, et cetera. And I, w- I was a little bit nervous just before we went that like, what if it's not uh, as what I expect? What if mm-hmm. I don't like it? And you know what? I, I honestly loved it so much. I keep thinking about it. It's it's one of maybe three places over the whole year that I keep just rethinking and revisiting in my head, you know. And so, yeah, it's I oh, I loved it. I lo- I really really did. Oh, cool, cool. And yeah. it's 
I don't know. Maybe if we, if you work so hard on something, and if you feel like, I wonder if you feel like you know this language and this particular strain of the language is drawing me somewhere, then then the place won't let you down. I think the, yeah. the place doesn't let you down. I have this yeah. with French, where France French never captured my imagination in the same way the Canadian French does, which it isn't. I don't think it is even about the French. It's just that there was something about. Montreal and Canada and that really that really made it all fall into place in a way it never did and I've been learning French since I was 13 you know and it just never mm. felt like learning French is cool <laughs> and then I was in Canada and I'm like learning French is cool yeah I think yeah it, it kind of goes hand in hand and sometimes one complements the other and sometimes mm. it's the other way around yeah fascinating yeah. well big love for Paraguay and Guarani. Yay, big love. How do I say love in in Guarani? You can say I love you is Rohaihu. Rohaihu. Oh, Rohaihu. I love that. What? Oh, that's so cute. Rohaihu. I think that's right. In Welsh, it's drink caridi. Ah. <laughs> it's kind of cute. <laughs> Please write in if I've done a mutation wrong again. Drink caridi. <laughs> you mentioned earlier about beef chicken and vegetables i'm going to take that one as a bridge in a minute and before we go into the ins and outs of what's chicken and what's not chicken <laughs> and how we can use language to talk about food in our news segment i want to give a little thanks to our sponsor for the episode which once again is smart cards plus smart cards plus is a new flashcard and spaced repetition app so it's something that you guys have probably heard about already and it helps you review new and existing vocab on the go. On the go, of course, because it's on your smartphone and it's on lots of electronic devices that you can carry around with you. SmartCards Plus is very well designed. I find I've been using it. I've actually been using it, um, which is rare that I use flashcards regularly for for weeks now uh, it's really well designed it's a, got a stylish and simple interface and it sort of gets out of your way and just shows you the words but it has all these sort of underneath functionalities that are really neat and cute it is also if you are a user of an iphone is it called iphone x or iphone 10 whichever one it is if you've got the latest iphone the app is ready for it and it's also it's also able to do that screen sharing, not screen sharing, screen. What's it called, Lindsay? <laughs> split screen. It's it's able to oh. do split screen on iPads. So you can have it on one side and you could, for example, if you find, if you want to make your flashcards richer and put images on them, you could Google for the images and then put oh. them in a the flashcard by dragging them over. That's what the app developer told me when, when we were talking about Smart Cards Plus and I was just like, oh. wow, 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 wow. It's cool. That is nifty. Mm, mm. Have you been playing around with it a little? I had a little look, mm -hmm. but I've, and you'll see why when we get to our main content today of the podcast, but I've been like not doing much language lately, but I've been doing one thing and I'll share that later. So I haven't really been using it yet, but I've got it lined up for when I get home. Yay, Lindsay, I've got something to motivate you. How would you okay. like to win some money? from the sponsor always always <laughs> because this month that is the month of may smart cards plus is giving you the listener and 
possibly co-host, the chance to win a $25 iTunes gift certificate when you download and try the app. It is completely free to download, free to use, and they give you 25 flashcard reviews a day. And I've said earlier, most days that's that's enough for me anyway. So you can really test drive it quite well. You also get a free month as a listener of this podcast. So you can sign up for a free 30-day trial, which means more reviews and more good stuff. And the way that you do that is you go to smartcardsplus.com slash fluent. Then you download the app onto your iPhone 7, 8, 9, 10, whatever it is, or your iPad. You create your account, start your first deck. You can either make your own, that's what I do, or you can import them which I tried just to see how it works and it was very slick. And you can then share what you are learning and the way to win is to post a screenshot with the hashtag SmartCardsPlus on Instagram or on Twitter. Make sure you follow at AppDesignPlus so that you can be notified if you are a winner. And I'm going to be looking out for your posts as well because I'm so curious about what people are learning just to think like Lindsay if you were using this you know more intensively you'd be learning Vietnamese and I'm using it for Welsh and there'll be people out there using it for like French and for German and for Russian and for Lord knows what mm. that's kind of fascinating I want to learn Lord knows what that sounds fun <laughs> it could be maybe it's one of our one for our next fictional languages podcast yeah so maybe you will also need to learn the words that France has just introduced us to, or France has taken, how do we say this? France has taken words away or France has brought words in. And we're talking Ooh. about vegetarian food. So Lindsay, what is happening en France? Okay, so this news is from a few weeks ago now. Um, I kept finding news for you guys and I've, I've managed to whittle it down to one um, <laughs> for this episode. So French MPs, force vegetarian food producers to mince their words. That's the headline. And basically, makers of vegetarian sausages, vegetarian burgers, a vegan pork pie, vegetarian bacon, all of that kind of stuff, will no longer be able to use those words sausage, burger, pork pie, bacon, you know, all of those kind of meat words mm -hmm. in their advertising and in their branding. They won't be able to use that word as a word to describe their food because it's misleading for consumers. But, so you might accidentally buy something that isn't actually the meat item, is their argument? The argument is so that even if you read on the packet that it says in French, but we'll, we'll do it in English for argument's sake, you know, you buy a box that says vegetarian sausages and you get home and you go, hang about, there's no sauce, there's no meat in this sausage. Actually, you, you know, the box shouldn't say the word sausage because that implies that there should be meat in it. Mm, mm. I think this, I have two opinions about this in a way. Like you and I are both vegetarians, right? Yeah. So I think we've both, I don't know whether you've ever had this occasion, but I have had moments of confusion when on a menu, there's this pub nearby and they are vegan. They're entirely vegan, like the whole place, everything that they serve you. So they don't really make a big thing writing vegan this, vegan that on the menu. The menu literally says mm. like cheeseburger and things like that. It looks like as if it's 
you know, of animal origin, as they put it in this article. And it isn't because it's a vegan pub. But when you are there and you're ordering something, I get this flash of doubt in my head where I'm thinking, <laughs> is, am I ordering is meat? Really? Yeah. Am I doing this wrong? <laughs> Interesting you mentioned that. There's a place near me, a Chinese restaurant that specializes, it's vegetarian, specializes in like sort of faux meats. Do you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. like it will say on the menu, like, um, duck uh, spring rolls mm -hmm. and it's not really duck it's like mock duck sort of tofu duck yeah mm -hmm. yeah and but it it the texture is there and it's like fake duck meat right but so and you know under this ruling they wouldn't be allowed to call that it would just, they would have to call it like vuck I don't know <laughs> well there's there's so the American the American word tofu or American brand I think tofurkey Right. I think they've yeah. done really well calling it tofurkey. You'd probably be able I think France France might just about let you get away with that because it clearly references tofu in the mm. in the name. But overall, this gives us a big problem when we lack the words to describe what this food is trying to reference. Because what are you yeah, going to so call a veggie else? sausage now? Are you going to call it a veggie, what, protein stick or something? What are you going to... Exactly. Exactly. Because then it just sounds so unappealing. And if you try and blend them, like you're saying with tofurkey, or you call it a, a vossage, right? <laughs> yeah. Something like that. You try and make up some kind of blended word. Will they eventually become banned? Like I know this has already happened with um, milk. I think this is across Europe. So this happened with milk already. Yes. So, for example, soy milk no longer can say milk on the packet. It has to say soya alternative beverage or something, right? Yeah. They're not allowed to use the word milk because it's misleading for consumers, apparently. But I don't know if it really is. I feel like it's slightly patronizing to people to assume that people don't know that if something says on it, soya milk, it doesn't contain milk from a cow or an animal. Hmm. And there is there is the the underlying question that then kind of comes about your your almost your personal beliefs, which is well, what's the big difference? You're drinking something mm. white and slightly thick, and protein containing. It's is it milk? But then, but then, like many people are well, bothered. It's... So it's language. Well, it's funny, isn't it? Because France has got this whole. I think the French in particular have got this almost history of being really prescriptive with their language rather than waiting mm. to see what happens rather than being descriptive you know as you might say they are they are known for you know putting out there how things should be used and usually this isn't about industry regulations like the way that they they invent certain words words for email and then everybody ends up saying email anyway but This one is is even harder because they they've made this into a you can get fined like if you make <laughs> this, is, this is bizarre isn't it if you make a um if you make a a veggie sausage and you call it what seggi vossage <laughs> and le vossisson <laughs> and 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 then you and and they decide that you're violating some kind of regulation you you're actually going to get fined so this is a a, a business issue as well not just a consumer issue but i wonder if it is i wonder where i am in terms of 
regulating your language in this way. I I tend to come down on the side of language is a living thing and we use mm. it to the best of our abilities and it tends to be that humans are actually quite good themselves at at finding efficient ways of describing things, you know? Yeah. Exactly. And but it's interesting when you then have a word that can't be used it's kind of like playing that game taboo isn't it you know okay so here's a here's a soya steak but you can't use the word steak to describe it so go on have fun you know it's i don't know like people will think of words and then eventually does that word become associated with 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 me in some way so that you can't use that word i don't know i mean how far does it go and yeah. what word constitutes as a word that needs to be reserved for products of animal origin, as they say, you know, where does that line, is, is it clean cut? I'm not sure. That is fascinating stuff. That is, I just find it, the, the inefficiency in it bothers, bothers me. If something is veggie bacon, then it's, it's, it's veggie bacon. Like it's, it's not, I mean, yes, it's salted, colored to look like meat, strip of tofu but really it's veggie ba like it's our attempt to make something that reminds you of bacon and a lot mm. of vegetarians in, in the in the truth of the world either mix and match whether they eat like they're not pure vegetarians then obviously but you know what i mean a lot of people switch around and most yeah. vegetarians on this earth have eaten meat at some point in the past yeah except perhaps in India, Buddhist traditions, etc. So I want to reference and honor those. But most, certainly Western vegetarians, and we're talking about France here, will have eaten meat at some point. So we have this reference point in our in our understanding of the world. Mm. And then there's this other, like I know when I've been to France since being vegetarian, it's very difficult actually. It's not something that's recognized culturally very widely like vegetarian and, and, and mm, in, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in France is it's quite difficult so is there a sort of cultural aspect with that in people perhaps you know the French MPs that vote for this maybe thinking oh yeah well a, a vegetarian sausage it's not a sausage because because culturally meat is important mm -hmm. in in France in that particular situation perhaps mm. I'd love to hear from some listeners, if you're listening, mm. in terms of not just whether if you are in France, it would be interesting to see if you've seen this really take hold, if you've seen this implemented anywhere. And if no matter where you live, because, you know, we've, I, I know being German that the attitudes and, and awareness of vegetarianism and the recent wave of veganism have changed people's consciousness it would be really interesting to hear from you guys what are well what are veggie sausages called where you are do you have veggie sausages where you are do you have veggie vegan cheese etc is this for sale in the supermarkets i know that in germany it is now and it wasn't five years ago and life is changing so it'd be interesting to hear how do you talk about fake meat <laughs> that was our our new segment here was about fake meat but really interesting one thanks for thanks for bringing that Lindsay. de nada ah <laughs> croiso okay still still a bit of espanol in my brain oh, sorry oh, she's missing the espanol oh 
Now, if you wanted to get back to Espanol, or if somebody listening wanted to share the love of Espanol, we have so many tools that we can use. And today's episode, we are kicking off the new list of top tools. So if you're a regular Fluent Show listener or old school creative language learning podcast listener, you will know that Lindsay and I co collect and curate a list of top tools. So apps, useful things, <coughs> not just apps, but, you know, whatever we see, what we've been mm. using out in the wild and things that we want to give a shout out and we present them to each other and then choose our list of recommendations for you to try out over the summer. So just to make you aware, these the rules sort of are. <laughs> Rule number one, we don't include the big names that tend to be familiar fare on, in online language learning. So we wouldn't include something like Duolingo, because everybody kind of knows about Duolingo. Um, Memrise, we don't normally do. Don't usually have an existing sponsor in there, although I, I, I could make a list of top recommendations just out of our sponsors. So definitely Clothesmasters, Speechling and the new Smart Cuts Plus. Do look at them. And the final not really a rule, but recommendation that I would give you is try all these out. Defo, try all these out. Don't make them the only, only thing, but they are sort of new kids on the block that you might really, really enjoy. Lindsay, anything to add before we kick off top tools? No, that sounds good to me. I'm ready to go. I'd love to give it a little jingle. <laughs> top tools. Top tools. Spring and summer, top tools, autumn and winter, top tools, 2018. <laughs> that was your jingle. Okay, Lindsay, I'll kick you, I'll, I'll kick you off. I'll have you present the first one of our six top tools. Are we recommending six? I actually have four this time. Ooh, okay, so we've got Whoa. seven candidates. Okay, I'm ready. I'll go first then. First one is Lingo Deer. Lingo Deer? Like a... Lingo fawn? Lingo? Uh, yeah, like a nose. Uh, do they make a noise? Bambi. <laughs> no. Lingo Bambi. Lingo, Lingo Bambi. Bambi. There wow. we go. Which I've discovered because in Vietnam, mm -hmm. and this is something you can use for Vietnamese. Also, Japanese, Korean, Mandarin Chinese, and I think Portuguese is in beta. And I noticed as well, you can also do Japanese, Korean, and Mandarin via French, Spanish, and German, which is fun. So if you're looking for a bit of learning one language through another, it can be good for that. It's kind of like a cute sort of Duolingo-esque vibe, but it's it's just nice to have something that's a bit different. And I like the little deer animation, the little cute deer comes up. So is it an app? Can it be downloaded onto Android phones, an iPhones? App. Mm -hmm. I believe it's iOS and Android, as far as I'm aware. And the deer is wearing glasses. Oh, there's a, mm, I like, okay, now now I'm sold. There's a deer wearing glasses. And is it like a, a sort of a language course or more of a vocab uh, yeah, thing? Yeah, so it's, it's, is there audio? it's laid out kind of um, sort of similar to, to Duolingo in the sense that you go through, you start with the basics and you have to do one before you're allowed to, to move on to the next one. But you can do like a test out level mm -hmm. to check where you're at. And they have as well, um, let me just check I'm, I'm in it now they have when you're in it sound you were saying did you hear that yes so i can i can check let me go on with the noise is there the sound that a deer makes did you hear that yeah check 
And he says, awesome. And then next one, husband, chong, awesome. And there we go. That's my dear giving me a thumbs up. Oh, wow. It's pretty cute. Yeah. So a little play play with a language app. And sounds like it's more East Asian focused. Yeah, at the moment. Although, um, like I said, Portuguese, I think, is in beta right now. So, yeah, I'm just using that a little bit each day. It's nice to just have a break from, I think they have Vietnamese on Duolingo, but I was using it for Guarani. I mean, I still am, just a tiny bit each day. Mm -hmm. So it's nice to have something like with a different interface, you know, so I don't get confused or just feel like I'm doing the same thing. So that's cool. Excellent. Would you recommend it if if I wanted to have a dabble in Vietnamese? Yeah, you know, I would actually, because I feel like sometimes when you just want to, to have a bit of a dabble, you kind of trying to find stuff sometimes is a bit of a oof, open open playing field. But yeah, this I would say is good. If you just want to look at some basics for either Japanese, Korean, Mandarin, Vietnamese, yeah, give cool. it a go. Excellent. That's Lingo Deer. Right, I'll come in with recommendation number two. Recommendation number two, or my first one, is Text Inspector. And Text Inspector, I know, Lindsay, you mentioned that you've also heard of this and you've you've used yes. it before, right? It's predominantly a tool for learning English, really. So it is useful if you're an English learner. But what Text Inspector does is you basically come and you paste a bit of text in there, perhaps a text that you're using to practice or something like that. You could use this with a transcript or a translation or something like that that assesses the level of the English variant, even if you've got an original in a foreign language. So what that might be really interesting for you if you're a language learner is to get a sense of what a level feels like. And because Text Inspector then goes into depth and tells you, well, here's how many descriptive adjectives we saw. Here's how many this we saw. You know, here's here's what your text is made up of. I think it's really wonderful because there is this, I believe something um, about language learning. I think you are better at learning foreign languages the the more you are familiar and the more you understand your own. So this is a really great way for going into the building blocks of what makes language happen without having to put pressure on yourself about vocab or, you know, grammar constructions, etc. So it helps you analyze how how English works. And that can be a very helpful tool for then going into foreign languages. In addition to that, uh, often I will find that people might guess at, and I might too, you know, guess at, oh, I'm sort of roughly at level this or level that, level A2 or B1 or something. And Text Inspector gives you a gives you a rating, right? It gives you a CEFR rating. So you can get a sense of, okay, if I was learning English, B1 would look like this. And that's also handy, again, because it helps you estimate your level a little bit more accurately. So that's Text Inspector. Mm, I like Text Inspector a lot. And Stephen Bax, um, the creator who sadly passed away last year, but oh. also worth checking out is he did a lot of research into the Voynich manuscript, which is fascinating. So yeah, there's a there's a TED um, video on, on YouTube that, that he wrote about that, which is definitely worth checking out as well. Oh, cool. If you give me the link, I'll put it into the show notes. Yeah, I will. 
there's a variant that I wanted to mention that's not really about text inspector as such, but just to let people know if you're a German learner, uh, there's sort of a little cousin or sister to this. If you go to duden.com, that's D-U-D-E-N.com, and Duden is the German, you know, the big German dictionary company. They've mm. got, I thought this was so cool, they've got like a little text window where you can paste in perhaps something that you've read or something that you've written really um and it points out your errors okay right and and that's german writing german is so detailed german has so many like different bits and bobs where you you know like you i don't know if you don't know the gender <sighs> of the word german. you put yeah yeah bit schön. <laughs> you put like <laughs> er at the end of a of a word instead of e and it's it it makes it sound like the next word is feminine when the next word is actually masculine or something like that. But if you're an English speaker, they all sound the same to you anyway. And, you know, it's it's hard, I think, at first to to deal <laughs> with the, the German levels of grammar. So I would recommend this to you if you're at a higher level. My feeling is if you're a German learner, first just get grips to, you know, being understood and you'll be fine. You'll be fine. Nobody's going to mind that whole feminine, masculine bobbins. But, um, sorry. This is <laughs> German is going to be cross at me. But if you are at the higher levels and then especially if you're preparing for te for quizzes and you start to write, when you write, that goes out the window because when you write, you've got to get it correctly. And this is a great tool for using correct German. It kind of does what Text Inspector does. And it's sort of both of them, to me, look like really like like windows into what we may be able to expect from artificial intelligence in the future Ooh. you future know language learning mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so this is they it's able to do this with written texts now but i can see in 10 years that it would we'd have would you'd have a robot That's analyzing your speech Yes, yeah, coming. Feeling dank robot. Yeah, <laughs> he's coming. So that is Text Inspector, the not at all yet creepy way of the future, <laughs> I guess. A really fun tool. For now, only available in English, but you never know. Yeah. Okay. You ready for my second? Yeah. Okay. Talk along. Talk along. Talk along. What is Talk -along. that? So this is an online forum to talk about stuff you'd normally talk about in a forum, but it's designed for language learners, right? So it's not just a case of, okay, you want to practice your, your kind of reading and then writing, go on a forum for, you know, a Spanish forum to talk about, I don't know, Riverdale, right? It's not that. It's designed for language learners. So people there, you know, are kind of in the same boat as you. Maybe they're going to be a little bit more accepting if you make mistakes, helpful with corrections, that kind of thing, which I think is quite nice. Um, currently available for English, French, Spanish, German, Korean, Japanese, Italian, Turkish, Russian, Chinese, Arabic, Portuguese. But new communities are building, like for example, with Guarani, needs just, at the time that I made a note of this, possibly less now, hopefully, need just 498 more people before it opens up into a community. So I think it's a thousand is the is the limit. So when there's a thousand people that have registered interest in a language, then the community opens up for the forum for that language. Cool. Hmm. That's yeah. really cool. And you there's a there's an Android app as well from what I can see. 
Oh, I did not know. So that. You can That's speak fancy. on the go, or you can, you know, type oh. on the go. This is a cool new way of of can making be. friends, and I think there's something about language learning where you often find there's a big barrier to sharing what you're actually interested in and to kind of get through to oh I really I just want to talk about the World Cup to some Russians yeah. or I want to ask some Russians in Russian about the World Cup or I want to see how people talk about this and this is a great way of kind of getting in there with added what do you think is it is it all learners so are you then in a forum where there's a thousand learners yeah well I mean it's designed for language learners mm -hmm, so I feel mm -hmm. like maybe there's some native speakers in there but then it's not just a case of you're going on to a forum about the World Cup in Russian designed for native Russian speakers, right? So there's not that fear of, oh, if I make a mistake, everyone's going to know and then they might like troll me or whatever, you know, people do on the internet. I don't know. Yeah, do you yeah. know what I mean? So it kind of takes away that element of... Ah, safe is, space. Is too much. Yeah, a bit of a safe space atmosphere, which sounds quite fun. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the interface is lovely. I'm sort of clicking around uh, mm. on the on the site right now. So that looks, it looks super cool. And I do think, you know, there's, I've just kind of messed around with the Welsh forum. And again, the Welsh forum needs another 500 people. So this looks like it is coming. It is growing quickly. It's a sort of 24-7 community. Nice, nice. Did you say 500? It needs 500 and something, yeah. Guarani needs 498. Guarani <laughs> wins. I can't believe it. It's amazing. Well, Welsh has got the the say something in Welsh forum, which is super active. So maybe they maybe they're, oh, it's they're a community well served already. They're yeah. all hanging out over there. They are. They are. And something really cool I wanted to mention is that say something in Welsh now runs a Slack channel where they do regular Google Hangouts where you can just hop online with fellow learners. You've got a few volunteers kind of hosting a Google Hangout but I nice. think about three That's times fun. a week. And you can just hop on. Yes, and I saw Nikki from, I think he has a little YouTube channel, Learn Welsh with Nikki. <laughs> and and someone who so stubbornly stays in Welsh, I really, really commend him for that. And he was sort of saying, what are you doing this week? And I was like, oh, I'm playing around with my tarot cards. I'm, you know, doing somebody's cards for a laugh. And he's like, mm. so I read his fortunes <laughs> in <sighs> Welsh. <laughs> and that's the kind of conversation you end up really spontaneously having sometimes. It was really good. So connect with other people. Is, is is sort of our advice and it doesn't matter that they're they're not natives you're right it's it can help it can really help mm. Mm. i like talkalang i like the sound of this yeah i have a forum too actually my next one is a forum and that okay. forum it's it's a little known website <laughs> sort of not really uh, uh not really well known actually in fact it's huge it's reddit okay have you ever been on reddit uh, it kind of scares me. Mm -mm. It has a reputation for being full of harsh people, like, and then it's got yeah. some forum. Ugh. It's got some sub forums kind of that are put stuff out there on the internet. It kind of scares me. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, they don't. They don't always hold back. However, yeah. Reddit does have some great. They're called subreddits. They're sort of little, you know, individual forums. It's got some great, great subreddits for language learning, and there is one that is called language learning and uh, shout out to the language learning subreddit and the reason i think this is great i mean there are there are many reasons i think they they have many people who answer questions in considered good ways 
they tend to keep the number of discussions about, oh, Duolingo's great, Duolingo sucks, Duolingo's great, Duolingo sucks. They tend to keep that down. And they have a wiki like you've never seen before. So it's basically a frequently asked questions section. And it just goes into detail. It answers all the common questions that you often, often see on a forum, which kind of means it it has tidied up the forum very, very well. So Reddit, you know, for all its misgivings, is also a great example, I guess, of how a forum can be well managed. And the common questions that are on there, things like, I'm looking for, you know, sort of things people post on there that are not really huge contributors to the discussion, but you still need an answer to it. So things like, I'm looking for a language partner. Can I learn with the internet? Is it really possible to learn 15 languages? Can I really become fluent in three months? And the answers are considered. The answers are a good sort of place to start, um, for example. And, and they are still, you know, that they don't take... They pull, what is it? They don't hold their punches? They don't pull their punches? Hold their punches? What is it saying? This is another down the pike. <laughs> I can feel it coming. The, yeah. Well, they don't hold their punches. Pull, they don't pull their punches. I think that's what they people say. Hold, they don't hold back. They don't hold. Exactly. They don't hold back, but they're okay. not harsh. So the frequently asked questions question that I'm going to read to you because I have it in front of me right now, is can I really become fluent in a language in three months? The answer to that is typically people who make grand claims about their language learning speed are working with a, diff a very definition are working with a very different definition of fluency than you. There's no objective definition of fluency. And the fluency that they attain would probably be almost useless to most people. So it's, you know, it's it's not exactly free from opinion as such, but it gives such a good sort of no-nonsense answer and it doesn't pander to any kind of, you know, it's it's such a good way of, of, of re-examining no your own beliefs. There's no agenda to it. I enjoy it. I really enjoy it. And it is quite... You know, it it it's it's an online forum. It's you know, Reddit is kind of nice looking. It it it's how do I describe Reddit? <laughs> Don't know. You you will get good answers to your questions on there. And if you're looking for community, it's a kind of cool place to look. If you're on Reddit anyway, you should definitely check out the language learning subreddit and also make you aware that this goes one further. They don't just answer a lot of frequently asked questions. They also have language-specific resources for a range of languages like you've not seen. They are huge. There's Luxembourgish on there. There's Manx on there. There's Khmer on there. There's Kiche Mayan, Lindsay. Uh, <laughs> yes, exactly. There's two types of Frisian. There's Esperanto, Estonian. Let's go and look at Guarani. It's not done there. <laughs> well, oh, I know. I was, I was on a roll then. more people. But, you know, there's there's things for Welsh. And then there's sub-forums again. So I can go to the sub-forum, especially for people who learn Welsh and so on and so forth. So this is just a, it's a good place to look if you like Reddit. But if you want to stay away from people, from, from people not pulling their punches. You want to stay away from punches, I guess. <laughs> That's that would be my only caveat. So go and, you know, your mileage may vary, but I really like language learning Reddit. 
Okay. I'll give it a go. <laughs> Maybe. Do you want my last one? Yes, please. Okay. My final one is a bit of a classic, but maybe not, because maybe it's not something that everyone's heard of. Mm. And that's FutureLearn. Have you heard of this? Oh, yes. I've done I've done bits and bobs oh. of various FutureLearn courses. Most recently, yeah. I did Irish 101. Ah, okay. See, this is, yeah, this is what I was going to talk about. Ooh. So I, I, I've used this, like you, kind of in the past, kind of various courses, not just language, but kind of other stuff as well. Basically, it's a website where you can have free online courses that run for maybe like three to six eight weeks maybe and uh and they're, they're pretty cool they're provided by like real universities so you get into a university level quality of, of teaching and there's actually quite a few languages on there I, I checked when I was writing this and at the moment they've got Irish 101 and 102 they've got Korean German Catalan language and culture Spanish, Italian, Frisian. So it's really great for sort of, you know, dabbling if you're thinking, huh, I speak Dutch, I speak German, let's see what Frisian's about. It's, you know, that sort of dabble nature that we love. Mm-hmm. Or if you are looking for some kind of structure to to your language learning, and you're like, I need some kind of course just to feed me through and, and give me some kind of structure then it can give you that as well. And it's it's free. The courses are free and then you pay, I think it's like £30 if you want a certificate um, at the end of it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, FutureLearn is actually a really, really good resource. And the courses change as well. So once you've signed up, be sure to kind of check back every now and then and just see, oh, I think there's been Norwegian in the past on there. I think there was Malay at one point. So it's really very, very useful mm. just as a bookmark on your browser to hop on in and check. Yeah, I like FutureLearn. I've I've also yeah. taken courses in not languages. So I've taken an economics Same. course in there and I've taken a writing course on there and they've all been very good. What FutureLearn does really well is to run the courses live so that you can participate in several live discussions. And they've done a thing previously in the writing course I did where students critiqued each other's work. So you posted your you posted your assignment you 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 kind of have to post your assignment before you proceed or you're supposed to you can skip it but you know you you in, you wouldn't have completed and who doesn't like a tick yeah. so you post that and then a week later you would get a reply because the next assignment then is to critique somebody else's so they've managed to do this scaling you know the the, the way an online course sometimes is a little bit more impersonal they've managed to do that very well by getting people involved in very interesting ways when you take them when you take the courses live, you sort of do week one, week two, week three, week four, week five, or however the course is conceived. It is to to participate live. It's it is a little bit of a commitment. So yeah. in terms of time, like I would say to really follow the course and do everything that it wants you to do in a week, you do have to put a few hours in. But they are free and the interface is great. So the quality that you get for the time when you've got the course is great. But Lindsay, one thing on Future Learn that uh-huh. they're now doing that they didn't used to do is they take your access to the course away after yes! about, about six weeks I after you've know. finished and then they charge you i'm devastated because i used to like go on every now and then sign up and be like oh that's cool okay i'll do that and i would actually go back and mm-hmm. do stuff at a time that suited me but now so yeah that's a bit of a bummer yeah um especially for me right now because i can't 
you know, I haven't got the time to do that while I'm away. Mm. Um, so hopefully, but they do tend to run again. They tend to like rerun courses. True. You know, a couple of times a year. So if you do kind of log on to, you know, sign up for one and then miss it, hopefully it should run again in the future. Yeah. And we both, as people who make courses on the internet, we we know very very well. And you guys may agree, may not agree, but my, my view is certainly there is so much on the internet that is free. Like the information about how to do basic Irish, I can get that for free if I just look for it online. And if somebody has put this course together and it is quality and I have convinced myself of the quality by doing this test drive and I want to pay the attention to it, then paying the small fee will not be the biggest hurdle. So it's not a hurdle exactly. to knowledge. And I do think sometimes just putting the money there, I find this in myself, it it makes me pay attention to something. So that just being said, but it is a shame if you miss them while they're on live. Yeah, yeah, it is, but you're totally right. Mm. What's your final one? Oh, so that was Future Learn, and it is it is I a great it. it's a great place to to check out. Okay, my last one. Oh, you're gonna love this. I, I think this is this is up Lindsay Street, and I love it as well. It's called Babadum. <laughs> it's Babadum. Babadum.com. And okay. Babadum, it's you you open it up and it just says play and learn, 1500 words, 21 languages, five games. And there's this big play button, so you can go straight in and play. The languages Babadum has available to, to play in are, uh, okay, so it's just showing me the flags, and I'm going to have to just try and sh tell you the flags that I know about, but it, there are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 30 languages currently available. And huh. yeah, uh, English and, and two variants of English, American and British. There is Czech, there is Greek, there is Polish, there is Portuguese and Spanish and Romanian and French and Italian. And what's when you put Italian the other way around? That's Mexican, <laughs> Mexican Spanish, right? <laughs> There's Danish, there is Russian, there is Chinese, there is Japanese, there is Turkish, Swedish. This is Arabic or generally seen. I know Arab Arabic is not a country. So I don't know what exact flag it is. Please tell me. And Ukrainian. And then there's a flag that is not any country's flag. Flag. It's just it's just this really colorful thing. And that basically flips the languages as you're working through them. So it's just whatever language you've got in front of you. Oh, oh sorry, it wasn't Mexican. Oh my god, it was it was Hungarian. Sorry, one little flag error. You'll forgive me. And I there wondered are... what that like multicolored flag. Okay, so that's just any language. As far as I understand, yeah. And there are different games that you can play. So it gives you a little illustration. It might show you uh, an illustration of um, a lorry. And you are meant to type in, okay, this is what lorry is in German. So you type it in, it gives you little letters. And it's just so cute and engaging. Or it might show you a picture of a lady wearing a skirt. And you have to say okay this out of this list of words what is you know what's the word for skirt and you get a score and I think you can you can save your progress and there are you know high scores and statistics it's just a cute in browser currently language game so addictive so fun to just play around with and it is made it's a non-profit so it's entirely free to use I haven't seen anywhere they ask for donations but there's nowhere where you have to pay and it's made by a young Polish design studio and sort of supported by a few government initiatives I think this is just so I don't even know where I found it but it's so cute and fun I think I've seen this before looking at it now it is adorable 
I love the design of it. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's pretty, it's fun. And I, th I thought you might enjoy it. So that's bubbadum.com. And Bubba -dum, Bubba -dum. yeah, do you want my little number four? Okay. So this is small and I found this on Product Hunt, you know, which is like a website where you can find new apps and very techy things. Right. It's made by Uber. Oh, U -U Uber. How do Germans pronounce Uber correctly? I don't know because it's Uber, really. So, you know, here there's in, in Southeast Asia, I've noticed it in four countries so far. So yeah. Singapore, in Myanmar, in Vietnam and in Malaysia, I know it's there. It's the, the, the Uber equivalent is called Grab. Grab. <laughs> Grab. I love it. Grab. That's an unfortunate. <laughs> I just grab a grab. I love it. Considering. And you can get a, you can get a Grab bike. So you can get like on the back of a right. moped. You can get a grab share. So you can do like a shared ride. It's ahead of the curve. It's kind of better than Uber. Well, considering that Uber has been in the news though with like bad news because yeah. the drivers or like not just the drivers, but like people have, have people sometimes got grabbed. You don't, <laughs> you don't hear any bad news about grab. No. Oi, oi, oi. Okay. So you don't hear bad mm -hmm. news about grab. Be aware. Grab. Oh, cool. And, and I mean, there were many local Ubers. You know what the one in Cardiff yeah. was called? Dragon Taxi. Oh, that's cool. Because there's dragons in Wales. Nice. So anyway, Uber, Uber. Uber has an app that teaches you sign language. I am not sure. Okay. I haven't been able to find it in the app store. So that's my one caveat. That's why it's not really a full entry because I think it's aimed at drivers. But the initiative is to help drivers communicate with their passengers in American Sign Language. And it sort of teaches you, you know, it's got really cool little animations of the hand doing the gesture. And then it just shows you what it is that you're trying to say. And I liked it as a tool and a sort of way to accomplish something really cool. This is interesting because when I looked at this, I interpreted it as the other way around. So I interpreted it as it being for passengers to communicate with drivers who were deaf. Mm, that, from from how I understand it, it is for the drivers. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I did I did like the sort of again, kind of like Babadum. I like the style of it. Mm -hmm. There was you know, there wasn't masses to it but you don't need masses i guess if you're just getting a taxi and it's just a nice thing isn't it to be able to to, to speak to a taxi driver in in uh, sign language yeah this reminds me of gavin who i interviewed for the welsh podcast the um who's a bus driver and had taught himself welsh with say something in welsh etc he says he also learned a little bit of sign language because he he feels that as a bus driver it's a good way of providing service to people mm. that's cool so that's Uber, Uber Sign Language. Oh, the reason I think I can't find it in my app store, actually, if you're American, you might find it in yours. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah it's, it's because American I'm in the UK. Language. So, yeah. yeah, and and it's similar to Babadum. It, the app, I like it when an app doesn't have like this big thing that you have to do when you just kind of, when it just lets you jump in. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, so we are on the, we're on the final Countdown, and I, I will just because I haven't done this yet, so I'm just going to look up Lingo Deer because I want to see the deer with the glasses now. And wanna, I think you want to see the deer with the glasses. And if we're going to you rank give these, them a fair chance. exactly. If we're going to rank these, then I think I should at least see what they look like. Oh my god, it's so cute! 
Can I tell you a story while you're looking up Lingo Deer? Okay, yes. About a deer. About a deer. So when I was, it, it is genuinely about a deer. When I was younger, I had a t-shirt. It was one of my favorite t-shirts. I was like 17. And it said on the front, frankly, my dear, D-E-E-R. And it had a picture of a deer on it. That was the story. Did it then, did it then not go one wide, one further and say, I don't give a damn like D-A-M? Do you know what? That is what my drama teacher said every time I wore it. He said, <laughs> wow. He'd laugh the first time. I was like, that's amazing. Turn around. Does it say on the back? I don't give a damn. And I, I, I didn't get it. I didn't get the reference. <laughs> so I was like, um, no, it doesn't. I was like, oh, okay then. So I feel like it was missing something, this it, t-shirt. I think it's which missing. Which is why I got rid of it in the end. <laughs> Topshop failed me. <laughs> I don't give a damn. I like the look of this lingo deer. And I like it's, I don't normally do a lot of work with, or I don't play around with a lot of languages in, uh, without have other scripts. And this looks like it handles the different scripts of Korean, Japanese, Chinese really well. Yeah, see, I haven't seen that side of it yet. I've only mm -hmm. seen the Vietnamese, which looks, you know, if you if you kind of ignore 17, mm -hmm. 34 different accents that, and diacritics that Vietnamese has, then it looks sort of similar. So, you know, I can kind of just yes. about pretend to read it. So I haven't seen it in that in that sense yet. Mm, interesting. Okay. We are coming to the ranking part of our podcast, which I know you guys listening will be very, very interested in what we where we come down. And perhaps tell us what you you found, what you've what you've been trying, which one of our tools you found most useful. So Lindsay has suggested Lingo Deer, Talkalang, the forum where people can talk about anything in their target language, and FutureLearn. Good suggestions, good suggestions. My contenders have been Text Inspector, the Reddit Language Learning Forum, and Babadum.com, which is a super cute image-based vocab game. And Uber Sign Language, which is American Sign Language only at the moment. So, Lindsay, I'm going to come in and say I love, love, love the idea of Talkalang. And it looks mm. really cool. And that will be at the top of my list, I reckon. I am um, into Babadum. I like Babadum. And then I'm sort of between, between a few. You know, we've got FutureLearn. We've got got reddit they they look good i think future learn deserves the shout out so for me it's mostly talk along at babadum what about you what did you like the sound of i'm happy to go with that i think talk along the thing that excited me about it was that it's it's quite new it's still quite small it's still kind of is building that community so i'm gonna go with you on the top for talk along mm -hmm. it's a continuation of something isn't it it says and, on the website yeah. This used to be called. Um, yes. What was shared it? Shared talk. It used to be, yeah, yeah. Shared talk. That was it. Mm. So shared talk went away and was so badly missed that people brought it back, which is a good thing. And I like that they have an app as well. So let's put talk along mm. to the to the top. Ba -bum. Yeah, try it out, guys. Make that Guarani forum happen. <laughs> and for our number two, what do you reckon? I mean, for me right now, it's Lingo Deer because it is the one that I'm using mm -hmm. actively kind of each day. Um, 
So that would be there for me. Mm. But it's kind of limited on language front, I guess. I and like the look of it. It doesn't give anything majorly new to the to the game. So I'm happy to let that go. Adios. Adios, Lingo, dear. Wonderful runner-up prize. Here is your ribbon. Here's your certificate. We're all winners here. Yeah. I think Futureland is... is and maybe Babadum mm. as well. Oh, we let's let's put Futureland. Do we do we agree? Is this have we got the same three there? We sort of have the same three in different orders, yeah. I think. Okay. <laughs> because I I am into Babadum mostly because it's cute. The only thing that marks it down for me is that there is no app, and I can see why. Uh, yeah. But I'm not an I'm not an in browser learner very much. No, me neither. Mm, so I say third. Yeah, I say third. Just but if you are, you know, if you're the kind of person who uses the Duolingo web version, um, mm. then you're going to be the kind of person who really loves this. Babadum.com, I think. Number three, okay, number three, Babadum. So number two, we have FutureLearn. Who? Yeah, no, I think Ooh. they deserve the shout out. There are unusual languages on there. The languages are regularly done for free. You can learn a lot of really interesting stuff about them, and the courses really are well designed. So let's give FutureLearn the honors of being our number two. That makes Talkalang number one for the top tools list of summer 2018. Or spring, we're still in spring, spring and summer. FutureLearn makes number two and our number three of the top tools is babadum.com. Congratulations to all of our winners. <laughs> Guys, I would absolutely love to hear from you what you've well, what you make of our different tools. If you've tried any out, do just get in touch. You can tweet us. I now have made a Twitter account for The Fluent Show, which is at The Fluent Show. So you can reach us on there or as always, just email me and there's a feedback button on the website, fluent.show or fluentlanguage.co.uk. You'll reach me, lindsaydoeslanguages.com. You'll reach Lindsay. Thousands of ways, you know, we, we work on the internet. You'll find us on the internet. <laughs> And Lindsay, it's so nice to have you back on the podcast. Yeah, it's nice to be back. Yeah, flexing the muscles of the Fluent Show. Yeah. <laughs> and with that, it's goodbye from me. Goodbye. And goodbye from Lindsay. Tambien, maybe. That's goodbye in Vietnamese, I think. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening to The Fluent Show. Don't forget that you can send us your comments and questions to be answered on the show to Kirsten, that's K-E-R-S-T-I-N, at fluentlanguage.co.uk or you can find us on Twitter at The Fluent Show. We're always so excited to hear from you. We read every message. Don't forget to review us. See you next week.